Good morning, New City. For those of you watching online and here at South Park, we're going to continue our series today. We're actually going to finish it. This passage changed my life. But before I say a few more things about that, I want to tell you two important things. The first, if you haven't heard of New City Academy, it's an environment that we've created to go deeper into the scriptures and your knowledge and understanding of the Bible and Christianity. And so we're offering three classes this year that may be of interest to you. The first is an Old Testament survey class. The second is a New Testament survey class. And the third class we're offering with New City Academy is called Discovering Jesus. We're going to be using Philip Yancey's work, The Jesus I Never Knew. And myself and a few others are going to be facilitating that class. Would love for you to sign up for New City Academy. There's still time to do so. And you can follow the link on the screen to register if you're interested. Next week, we're starting a brand new teaching series on the Book of Romans. It's a long-form series through the Book of Romans. We'll do part one in the fall and part two in the spring. And so I want to encourage you to be at New City next week, if at all possible. We're going to be covering the first verse in Romans, which is very important. And I'll have a reading guide and some ways you can go further in your own study or in your groups as well with the study of Romans. Today, we're finishing our series, This Passage Changed My Life, and our associate care pastor, Tim Cox, is going to share from the book of Isaiah and his story as well. So would you give a warm New City welcome to Pastor Tim Cox? Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve with New City and Chris and the opportunity to share with you today. My passage is based around a story some of you may not know about. So let me jump in. On May 21st in 2016 was a Saturday night. At 11 p.m., the waiting room at the business airport adjacent to Charlotte Douglas was quiet except for the staff and a couple of other travelers. My ride was one of the executive jets of the Cleveland Clinic of Cleveland, Ohio. They had refueled from their trip down and was ready to take me back to their hospital. I remember how concerned the nurse was about me walking up the three steps to board the plane while I would be disconnected from my oxygen tank. I assured her that I would be able to make the steps on my own and be seated if she was ready to hook me up back once we got in the plane. The pilot and co-pilot were ready as soon as my wife boarded with her to carry on bags. We were soon in the air headed north. On the hour and a half flight, I whispered many times the two verses that I'm going to share with you today, addressing the final message of passages that changed my life. Isaiah, verse, Isaiah 26, verses three and four says, God, you promise perfect peace to the, mind, to the one whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord your God is an everlasting rock. Then my mind would flash back to the doctor's appointment in July of 2014 when the words idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis were spoken to me, which meant nothing to me until the doctor further explained this is an irreversible disease that progressively scars the lungs. Most patients with your type of pulmonary fibrosis will pass away within two to three years. The only cure is to qualify and receive a lung transplant. 
you will keep in perfect peace the one whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I trust in you forever, God, for you're my everlasting rock. But then my mind would pop up this pre-transplant memory of an appointment with a lung surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic saying these words to me. Something about these lung transplants we still haven't figured out. The average length of survival is still five and a half years, which is pretty unchanged in the 30 plus years of successfully performing these. You keep in perfect peace the one whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I trust in you forever, God, for you are my everlasting rock. Then my mind would think about the future and, excuse me, how many wedding anniversaries I would be able to celebrate and wonder what my next grandchild would look like um, that was due in November of that year. This mental dialogue went on the entire trip, only interrupted a couple times when the nurse checked my blood pressure and oxygen content. Soon we were over Cleveland, landed at a business airport, a police cruiser was waiting to take me to the hospital. At the main entrance is a beautiful infinity pool and fountain that is running all the time and is really well lit. I, wanted, I remember wanting to linger there, but a transport nurse was waiting with a wheelchair and my life as I knew it was about to change even more. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. God, for you are an everlasting rock. Now I realize it's a little anticlimactic to share this in awesome health, seven years and one and a, 101 days approximately, not that anyone's counting or not. <laughs> it has been a bumpy ride um, there's lots of challenges post-transplant, but thanks to the grace of God and many faith-filled prayers and amazing medical staff, um, I stand here today very thankful. It's a miraculous work that God's doing, and yet I'm asking God to use his Holy Spirit to show you that the promises and the prayer is yours to claim also. Because I know there are things in your life, and they may not be physical, they may be emotional, they may be unbelievable challenges that go far beyond a double lung transplant. You see, it's not going to be my story of God giving me peace through a double lung transplant that works for you. This is just a reassurance that there are stories of people who have experienced unfathomable peace in God through deep struggles. Our personal stories give us glimpses into the truth of God's word, but the stories don't make the Bible true. They confirm it. I just know everyone here needs peace about something. And I'm here I'm actually here as a vessel of the Holy Spirit to declare that is still true today. 
Let me introduce you to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 26 um, is uh, two specific verses, but I hate it when we take verses without understanding it in the context of the, the, the passage. So Isaiah is one of the four major prophets, Ezekiel, Daniel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and that was, the book was written about 750 BC, which is almost 800 years before his messianic prophecies would be realized. Um, his most often quoted is about the Messiah that's coming in chapter seven. It predicts a child being born of a virgin, 750 BC, and it was predicting Jesus's birth. Chapter nine, it's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father, and his kingdom will have no end. That was 750 years before. Isaiah 53 explains, is often quoted, it's the, the sheep, it's the passage of him being a suffering servant, and all we like sheep have gone astray. He has turned everyone to his own way and the iniquity of us all has been laid upon him. Now, I don't know what they understood and what they would have gotten from those messages, but they would have to piece it all together. He's the prophet that said, when God asked, who will I send? It's, here am I, send me. It's used in a lot of mission conferences and. Um, is still a very popular response to the Lord's call. And his name in Hebrew means the salvation of the Lord, or God saves, which has to be imagined with that. So you're listening to this prophet talk about God's destruction of Jerusalem, his coming captivity, exile for those who survive. Jerusalem, as you know it, will end. It's all ravage and, and destruction. And he is, when they say his name, they're saying God saves. <laughs> there, there must have been jokes. There had to be jokes about that. Oh, here comes God saves and all he says is God destroys. But they would have to understand and respond with eyes of faith and, and see his whole message because they could have peace also. They could experience peace. This was, verses was, were for them, even though we're gonna find out it's still, um, it's a future verse too because it gets worse. Isaiah chapter 24, it begins a chapter of 25, 26, and 27, four chapters of Isaiah's apocalypse, what they call it. And it's the destruction of the earth and the end of the earth as we know it. And um, this promise of peace, it's, it's the in, so 26 verse three comes along this millennial kingdom as being, it's actually chapter 26 is a song about a song going to be sung as the remnant come back to walk in triumphantly to the new Jerusalem in a millennial kingdom that is still coming. Excuse me.
That's why it could speak peace to them too. They would have to have eyes of faith to see he was doing something in their day, but not to worry, because God ultimately saves. And as we're gonna see, Jesus in the disciples was worried about him dying, but they could quote the verses. I could say them on the plane ride, and we're gonna actually sing them. The millennial remnant is going to sing them when they enter the new Jerusalem. So because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, these verses apply. Look at the verses specifically. God will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The word perfect doesn't appear. even though the English translations, all of them have it. And this reason is because it wouldn't make sense because the Hebrew is shalom, shalom. It's a repeat of the shalom. It's peace, peace. It's, and it's for intensity. It's such an unbelievable peace that I can't, there's no adjective to describe it, so I'm going to say peace again. Isn't that powerful? That that is what he provides, this perfect peace, and so it's translated English, and hopefully that you get the intensity of the quality. The verse speaks of this completeness and wholeness, this fullness of content me. Here is a perfect peace, a peace peace that God provides to the person whose mind is stayed on him, to the believer who both trusts and sets their mind on him. You can experience shalom, shalom. Trust in the Lord, for he is an everlasting rock. God is the source of the keeping, and there's no better source. The creator of the universe and the one who uniquely made you in your mother's womb is still keeping you. The great I am knows you and sees you today. He has kept you from trials that we don't even realize, and he will keep you through trials that we're experiencing. Peace is the product, this calm and deep down confidence of the soul. No matter what happens, shalom, shalom. This intense peace that calms every fiber of your being when your mind taunts fears and, and the fears pop up. The recipients are people who place their faith in him, ground their life on this immovable, unshakable rock, and fixes their mind on him. Through whatever unknown diagnosis, shocking tragedy, hard phone call, relationship that is broken and not going to be repaired. Whatever hurt, it all begins with placing your faith in the great 
I am. It was driven home to me um, about five days after the transplant had happened. Um, the, and I was healing normal, and, um, which meant lots of tubes, and I was still in ICU and um, being regular monitored. Um, but they came in, and there was an unusual um, excitement not good excitement, um, and they're like, you know, Tim, we're sorry, but you're in a spot of the hospital of ICU, and there aren't many other patients in here, and you're near the helipad, um, where normally they flew in the organs and, and sometimes patients, but it was going to be needed because there had been a car accident, and it was going to be transferred into, trans people were gonna be transported that needed emergency treatment immediately as they were brought inside the doors. So just on the other side of these curtains, there's going to be um, a couple patients being treated and you're gonna hear things and it's just gonna um, get crazy in here. And I could hear the helicopter approaching and it's like, oh my, <laughs> um, they didn't tell me about this before. Um, probably a good thing. Um, and I could hear, you know, as the doctors and available staff from all the different departments were in the room and, and communicating instructions, and you could hear the helicopter approaching. All of a sudden, they, the doors flew open, and I could tell just even from the air change, it was like, whoa, something, and, and all of a sudden, um, everything was, you could just tell. It was a war zone and they were trying to save these two people that I just had, that weren't gonna make it, even if they tried to roll them to an emergency room. Um, one patient was quickly assigned to emergency surgery, um, but they continued to work on another patient just on the other side of the curtain. And, um, and it got a little quiet eventually, and um, I didn't know what I was expecting to hear, but I didn't expect to hear um, the doctor say, Time of death, 6.18. Life is so fragile. And this person just died on the other side of the curtain. Even after them trying all they could do to save him. We just don't know how long of life we have. We're all going to face that reality in different circumstances. But the greatest decision is to place your faith in Jesus Christ and know him as personal savior and, and trust in him. And so I pray that's your position today. That's your, your faith, that you've done that. Because then there's only one more thing that you have to do then there's only one more condition for perfect peace to be yours. And you notice the verse stated, your mind is stayed on him. So how do you fix your mind um, on Christ and God and him alone in this day and age when we're bombarded and our phone 
sends you emergency after emergency that you need to respond to and people are trained to write everything in order to, to sound like it's, if you don't do something now, there's no tomorrow. Four steps that I call on the path to perfect peace today. Number one, prepare for the mental battle. Now I know our physical pain through any type of surgery or injury is not to be minimized. Our body is amazing in being able to repair the physical trauma and damage. But as your body heals, the thoughts and worries of this world are always somewhere in your mind. There are 50,000 thoughts a day that go through our mind. A day, they say. I, you know. Um, what am I, how am I going to pay for all the bills? What if my wounds don't heal? What to do if this relationship falls apart? On and on, we're bombarded with thoughts and surprises and the phone rings and we hear, hear about something that we didn't want to hear about. And it's our new reality. John chapter four, verse 26, Jesus was trying to prepare his disciples for his death on the cross, an event that they weren't kind of understanding. And look at in 1426, he says, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, not as the world, Peace I give to you, I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This perfect peace he's alluding to. 16 verse 33, later in the chapter he explains, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. That's why knowing him is the most important step but it's a mental challenge. It's so much, you know, you go to these physical rehab before and after major events and surgery, but there's no mental rehab. And that is so much harder. And we have to train our mind for the mental battle because that's where it's for the mind. As you make us so many decisions in your mind and then your body acts. Secondly, train your thought life. If we're going to experience shalom, shalom, no matter what life throws at us, we're going to have to train the way we think. Now that's taking some things that are incorrectly up there in our minds. Emphasize in 2 Corinthians 10, three through five, better than the words I could say, let me read them. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. We have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion, every thought raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to Christ. Now, how do you capture your thoughts. A thought pops up randomly, so random, our mind is just crazy how you've already thought about lots of things 
you know, even during this message. Um, it's the, the next, the second thought that's the important one. What are you going to do about it? That's why Colossians 3, I've got here for us to follow along. It talks about setting your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For we are dead in Christ, and our life is hidden with Christ in God. The Apostle Paul compares capturing every thought to the daily chore of getting dressed. There's a taking off of sexual immorality, impurity, evil desire, idolatry, anger, wrath, obscene talk. And there's a putting on in verses 12 through 17 Clothe yourself with compassionate hearts, kindness, forgiveness. Above all, verse 14, put on love, binds together in perfect humanity in harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Personal peace is the great byproduct of right living. Sin is the great disturber. Confession is so important when you realize you've done something wrong. Even as the Beatitudes explain, it's the thought, even we sin in our thought life. What do we then do as our second thing? Do we confess it? Do we act on it? That's where we get in trouble. 1 John 1.9 we should have that one memorized. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the peace flows again. The third step in the path for today's peace, you need to imitate godly behavior as you pray. Peace is not a one-time ointment you apply or um, pill you swallow, but is a daily practice. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I just have to read those. Look at them on the screen. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Sounds like shalom, shalom. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. State your prayer requests. State them out loud, because he sees your heart. He knows the worries of your heart, and we don't pray about a lot of things. But gather people around you to pray. Through trusted individuals, they'll walk beside you. There's a peace that can guard your heart, because attacks are going to come, often at night and you're not sleeping and the one next to you is sleeping soundly and you're just wrapped up in your thoughts and fears. But look at, keep reading verses eight and nine where it gives you a list of things to do and to think about instead of worry. Whatever things are true, honorable, 
just lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, practice and think about those things and the God of peace will be with you, with you. It's still promised today. Peace does not just guard you, it's with you. To experience that presence of God through an illness, through the worry, through the pain, it's hard to understand or explain, but trust me, it's beautiful to experience. Let's review. So we're three, mental battle, there's not just physical. Secondly, train your thought life. Imitate godly behavior as you pray. Fourthly, memorize the Bible. (laughs) You're like, what? Memorize scripture. Verse Psalm 119, verse 11 states these words that probably you know. Word, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Start now, because it's easier when you're younger. So children in here, I know this is, you're not, some of you are in here because we're no Sunday school. Tell your parents, hey, let's memorize verses like that guy said, um, the guy up there today. Um, because you're, you're creating a grid, a mental grid, that all of the decisions and thoughts that are going to have to pass through, and you're going to filter out things that are not supposedly or not appropriate. Also, do it in your community group. Now, if you're not a part of your community group, you've got a chance in two weeks to, get it, to join one. It's going to be group launch. This is an unpaid advertisement for it. So um, Sunday night, make it, put it up on a priority on your calendar because it was powerful. Forty years ago, we were in a group of parenting preschoolers. And two of those couples... We're in the waiting room with my wife while I went through the 10-hour surgery. Those relationships, you just, don't, you, just don't, you just don't get them every day. You say, I can't memorize. Well, come on. It gets harder when you're older. I'll give you that. But you can memorize, because I would start the song of many things that you would finish the verses probably better than I. Our minds are amazing. We, are, we memorize what we are motivated to memorize. Remember in Colossians 3 where we led, just read, let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, teaching us among one another, singing songs, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. God uses them. So make time to memorize. The challenges of this world are real. They continue every day. They continue for me. Um, They look like in my life, um, I have to take take 15 pills a day. I have rejection issues. (laughs) Now, why are you laughing? Um, The anti-rejection meds are 8 a.m. and 8 8 p.m. But, and this was a surprise I never found out until afterwards, 
They cause other things. So skin cancer appointments, I've had six most surgeries. You probably in a few years won't recognize me um, because they've all been on my face. Um, but they, anti-rejection drugs lower my immunity and cause other problems. So sun is my enemy. Um, and they lower my immune response to other things. But the doctor said, my body is trying to figure out how to reject these organs. It considers them an infection every day of your life. And so the pills continue and we deal with the other challenges. There's always something. And for some of you, it's intense and it's a really hard time. But let's close by saying the verses together. You, let me, let me begin and let's say it slow because I'm gonna take the verses away and we're gonna say it by memory and give you, you know where I'm going with it, don't you? You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in God, the Lord... Okay, here we go. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God is an everlasting rock. See, you can do it. Lord, use your word. Help them remember your word, and may it bring peace to their heart no matter what's going through. May it challenge them if they've not received you. May May they remain unsettled because they haven't finally decided to follow you. But may today be that day. And for those of us who believe and follow, may we daily and moment by moment make the choices about the thoughts that come into our mind and flood us and prompt us to, or tempt us to do other things but may we choose to follow you and put on the life of Christ today for others to see. I pray this in Jesus' name.